Hey everyone, thank you for joining Brian Barcelona's podcast. To know us, we're a missions movement in Dallas, Texas, going after youth being saved, discipled, and sent. Brian Barcelona is the founder of One Boy Student Missions and the Jesus Clubs. To reach youth with us globally, download our app, The Jesus Clubs. We hope you are encouraged by this podcast. Man, so honored to, to be on here with you, man. Um, my wife, uh, again, she was like, could you please tell him hi? <laughs> she goes, I can't. She goes, I can't. She's on here right now. My wife, she, she'll put a comment. Her name's Marcella Barcelona. Hi, Marcella. How are you? Congratulations. So she, it was funny. She's like, I can't call him Jonathan. I have to call him Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's still, we, we'll, we'll, also known as uh, Jesus in the Chosen. Sure, I'll go with that. But <laughs> I have a hard time with that. Uh, that references well. People are like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Has it, have you have you gone out anywhere before and someone noticed you from the from the film? Um, in in Texas, where we filmed uh, season one, yes, um, it hasn't actually. No, and actually, it happened here too as well for the first time, like a couple of months ago. Um, wow! By a young man who who was a huge fan of the show, but I I. Rarely, it rarely, it doesn't really happen out here often at all because it's Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, um, I think it's kind of, um, it's starting to um, transcend the, the, the faith-based audience a bit. Yeah. Um, and cross over in, in small little ways I'm, I'm seeing. Uh, I mean, it's still sort of crossing denominational lines right now. So, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> before it gets to the mainstream and uh, I think it's to be recognized as um, something that is actually holds up, not just as a, a faith-based series, but as a, a TV show in general, like it's actually really good. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it'll still sort of have this level of uh, obscurity, but it's only season one. So I, I you know, for instance, uh, I think Breaking Bad was on for three seasons before I'm like, Breaking what? I've never heard of it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So the fact that this is, you know, been as um popular as it has around the world with people and has such has had such a strong reaction is, is amazing and a godsend and uh, i think a sign that the spirit is using it for greater purposes so true man. i just want to say before we jump in i have watched many jesus films uh i've been saved going on i think i've been saved about 13 years Amen. and i've seen from my grandma's films that she showed me back in the day yeah um to you know the passion and when my wife kept talking about the chosen, the chosen, I'm like, what is this? Finally, I sat down <laughs> and uh, she was actually before COVID, she was going to be doing an event uh, called The Well. And it was based on the woman at the well. Mm. And I watched that scene and, oh, man, I was just gripped. <laughs> and I was like, this is the first time Jesus just seems normal. Yeah. You know, and I, I even talking with you earlier, I love what you said, how you focused on his uh, humanity, um, even uh, as much as the deity. But I don't know if that, that was that was brilliant. Well, I mean, it's the only it's the only experience that I can bring to it. You know, I don't none of us know what it's like to be a deity. And, <laughs> so good. And, uh, you know, I think all we can bring to, especially as an actor, or as an artist or even just as a human in general, all we can bring to, uh, in this case, a role is our experiences of humanity. And then my. My earthly intellectual idea of what. The heart of Christ might have looked like. Well, between people and try to approach that as best as I can. I'm never going to get there, but I'll do the best I can and try to empty myself 
of me and and pray that the spirit uses me to be able to feel that level of compassion for uh, my fellow man wow yeah that's so that's that's and that scene with the woman at the well um that's one of when people say what are my favorite what's my favorite episode what's my favorite scene um and and my favorite scenes are are bookends it's it's the first scene where we introduce jesus uh, to to the story at the end of episode one um with mary magdalene and meets her in a bar and then another scene you know meeting a woman where she's at her lowest with this samaritan woman at the well um they were such moving scenes for me just reading them and then getting play them and perform them i didn't have to i didn't have to act it was just there it was just like god revealing himself through the episodes in the script with these people and i was affected and you know what you're seeing is just me honestly just imagining what it would have been like for jesus to see this woman turn from her life of sin to have a, a, a converted heart and now wanting to spread that joy with the rest of the world she was like probably like the first official public evangelist if you think about yeah it, you know yeah I, I love that it it honored uh it honored that too like the woman's voice as well when i when i mm. when i watched it me and my wife that was one of the biggest revelations we got that was like the first like evangelist that was like the first woman that went and she told that's right. and that's honestly what i grabbed from that scene was that it, it obviously her being forgiven and all that's powerful but the fact that she carried the message and even i think even in the movie you said something along the lines of like man i you know i chose to reveal myself to her yeah. powerful yeah yeah it's it's uh it blew me away i mean the the way that these guys um dallas and ryan and tyler have woven in the writers and, and dallas the creator of the show dallas jenkins uh, have have woven the gospel into these um, scenes that take place, let's say, between the gospels that we can only uh, intimate and suggest and 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 guess through scholarship, biblical scholarship and biblical consultation through our our team of consultants, which consists of a a Catholic priest, uh, a messianic rabbi, and a Protestant doctor. Wow. You know, all sort of like weighing in and like, hey, this is you know, this is how this works, and this is how that works, and this is what this could have looked like, and 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 you know to be able to allow us to to really just flesh out these characters and what their lives might have conceivably been like um as they lead up to the gospel stories we all know and, and love and are, are moved by just creates for such an impact for the gospel and for you know jesus's um you know words uh, to to affect us as as you know as viewers yeah so good well <clears throat> my one of the, so I, I think I mentioned earlier on the phone, um, our creative director, Manny, um, he's been, a, he was actually over my house when he seen The Chosen for the first time. Okay. Just, and Manny, I, I rarely see Manny shed a tear. Uh, he's <laughs> hardcore Hispanic at heart and he's a young guy, but so there's nothing, he's sitting there. You're not getting him. He's like, yes. I literally joke with him. I'm like, man, I feel like you got, he's been saved. If you got saved tonight, you know, like just, it was powerful. And he actually sent me a bunch of questions and, and one of the ones he got was, how did you get the role of being Jesus? I know you mentioned earlier on the phone, it wasn't something you'd seen yourself doing. It wasn't like this was like, I can't wait to build up to play Jesus. So how did you fall into this role? Yeah, um, well, you know, I, I uh, a quick brief history. I went to film school in New York City. I'm from New York City originally, and I came out to L.A. about 10 years ago. And you know, my goal was to leave. I used to work in film production. I worked behind the scenes. I was a location scout on a lot of major studio films and tv series 
uh, in New York. And then I, I started getting acting work and I came out here with the intent to just do, to be an actor full time. But I didn't know what that looked like, but you know, I had, I had the route that I was going. I was yeah. all the things an actor does and doing my whole homework and being diligent. And I always had a faith life. So that was not, um, you know, that was never gone or away from me. Um, awesome. But a, a friend that I, a, a friend of mine that I had met through church six years ago, sent me an audition that he had seen. Um, he was working with an agency. He saw this audition for a short film about uh, the, the two thieves that were crucified on either side of Christ. And uh, it was called Once We Were Slaves. Now it's called The Two Thieves. You can find it on Amazon. It was literally a church being made for, uh, I'm sorry, a film being made for the director's church for their Easter service. So every year they would do uh, a Christmas uh, service and an Easter service, and they would have their multimedia uh, elements. Some of their songs, there'd be, um, you know, worship and praise and, and spoken word, and then occasionally a film. So this one year, uh, it was back in um, 2014, they did a film uh, for their Easter service, and I read for one of the thieves. And I thought I had a pretty good audition. It was a great story. Like, it's this whole arc of how the penitent thief, the thief that Jesus forgives on the cross or says, you know, today, I mean, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was all about how that thief got to that place in his life. Wow. Up on the cross. It was, a, you know. Wow like an origin story, right? Um, it's similar to kind of how the, the chosen is like, okay, we've yeah. got biblical stuff, biblical fact, and then what could have possibly happened? What could a backstory like that believably have been? So I read for the thief. I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. And I, I thought I kicked butt. I thought I'd be great. <laughs> Two days later, I get a call saying, hey, would you come back in and read for the role of Jesus? And I'm like, Oh, but Jesus got like five lines, like <laughs> you know, and so it wasn't what I had thought it was going to be. But I'm like, all right, I love me some Jesus, so let me go back in and, <laughs> and uh, read my five lines and just give it everything I got. And um, and the film was for Dallas Jenkins for his church. I should have mentioned that. Wow. Oh, so he tells the story that in ten seconds he knew like that's the guy that's going to play Jesus in this film. And so we did that film, and then the following Easter we did another series of vignettes. And then we skipped a year together. He did a different film. And then 2017, I did one more um, vignette with him for his church. And then that winter, he did a short film called The Shepherd, which was about the nativity, as seen <clears throat> the eyes of the shepherds. And wow. that's, uh, that's uh, I think it's available as the pilot of the series. And it's on if you download the chosen app, you can watch The Shepherd too. Uh, and The Shepherd went viral. And got the attention of a, uh, a film distributor called VidAngel Studios. And VidAngel basically pitched the idea to Dallas that he could do a series. Um, you know, they could crowdfund it. And Dallas was like, you're crazy. Crowdfund? What crowdfund? You know, you raise 800 bucks if you're lucky. Yeah. And, and they ended up raising $11 million. Wow. 19,000 investors all over the world. Uh, and and we shot season one. So, so like... Uh, in 20 summer of 2018, I got a call from Dallas saying, Hey, we're going to do a series. Do you want to play Jesus in the series? I said, when do we start? So that was, so, yeah. so your faithful five lines or five words <laughs> led you to this crazy spot. Yeah, it was, uh, I have to say, uh, very confidently looking back that this was all part of God's design. Um, I didn't realize it until until we started filming yeah this is something that's been in 
my destiny for a very long time. Actually, from the time I was a kid, it was sort of first revealed to me in a very interesting way that I didn't expect. Um, but looking back now, I said, oh, it started when I was 12. And I can tell wow. you that story briefly if you want to hear that. Yeah, story. I'd love to. <clears throat> Jesus of Nazareth was a miniseries that came out in 1977 on NBC. It was the, like the highest where it watched miniseries in history at the time for many, many years. And they would show it for 20 years every Easter. And it starred a, a stellar uh, first rate cast of, of super classically trained British actors and American actors and celebrities and was like the gold standard for a long time for biblical series. It was a miniseries. Yeah. And I was so, as a somewhere 10, 12, probably close to 12 years old, I was so taken as a 12 year old by this series and the depiction of Christ and his, um, is that me? Siri's talking to me. (laughs) I'm gonna shut her down. Um, Sorry about that. So I I was so taken by uh, the the series, the TV series, that's what she heard. (laughs) Um, that um, when Jesus gets, goes through his, you know, way of the cross, carries his cross up to Golgotha, that after I watched the the miniseries, I went into my backyard. I found a couple of two by fours. I nailed them together. I hammered nails where the hands would be and where the feet would be. I painted blood. Wow. And I literally did my own way of the cross in my backyard. To wow. like on my garage or I plant the cross against the garage, stand up on a cinder block. <laughs> wow. Here I am reenacting this. <laughs> wow. And uh, and I was thinking, I, you know, I, that that memory hit me like five years ago when I was doing uh, a play, a Stations of the Cross play, which is essentially, you know, Jesus's uh, road to the to. The, the top of the hill at Golgotha. Yeah. And first of all, I thought to myself, how did I, how did the cops not ever stop by? My <laughs> yeah. Like the, right in my yard, you know, you could see it from the street. I have no idea how <laughs> or why that I was able to get it, you know, just do that. But it, it, it realized, it, it made me realize that this is something that's been in my psyche for a long time. And then, wow. you know, 30 years, 20 years later, 30 years later, I'm doing this for, living and wow. on a global scale it, it uh there's no way that it's there's no i don't believe in coincidences and, yeah and um and i've seen too many things happen to 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 not take to take any of this lightly like this for me it's like this is mission i'm on mission and now i gotta go with that and every wow. day surrender to that mission so that's so powerful you know this is just something as you're talking I wanted to ask you, you playing this role, was there ever part of you that felt unworthy to play such a character? I mean, just like I told you earlier on the phone, being in quarantine, I've literally felt like the Lord put a mirror in front of me and I just see all my deficiencies, all my shortcomings and playing a role like this. Was, was there ever a moment where you wake up and say, man, God, I don't know if I'm worthy or, or was there ever a battle to play that, that kind of role for you? Every day. Every day well, I had that conversation. Um, one day in particular, it really got that voice started to, to get really loud. And 
it was for episode six where Jesus is in Zebedee's house and he's, he starts telling parables and the crowd outside of the house starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so now yeah. not just addressing his friends, he's addressing the 50 or 100 people that have, you know, gathered around outside who are trying to listen to what he's teaching. And as we started, and the focus was mostly on everything else that was going on because there's a couple of different storylines that was happening. So that were happening at the same time. So there was a lot to do. It was a six day, five or six day scene to shoot that whole scene. Um, and it was, it was incredible, but it was very, very complicated. Um, so most of it was on all these other things. And just when I started to preach and really stand at the door and address the crowd, most of the reactions were on the crowd. So, um, and appropriately so the director wasn't worried about like what I was doing so much. It was about what, how everybody else was looking. Uh, but for me, I was, I was having a crisis because wow. I realized I was starting to preach Jesus's words. And when you're approaching a role as an actor from a place of truth, you're trying to do this and live this truthfully. And I'm trying to be, as I said earlier, a channel for God to speak through me and take his words and let them be heard by all the people in front of me, whether or not they're actors as his words, let them resonate with people. It's powerful. And, and all of a sudden <clears throat> I just immediately felt like daunted. And I, 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 I said that I had to pull Dallas aside and I said, I'm having a hard time right now. And I just need you to bear with me for a minute. And he said, why, what's going on? And I said, I, I don't feel worthy to be saying that. Well, still gets me now even thinking about it. Well, like, this is heavy. This is heavy stuff. And he just kind of put a, a reassuring hand on my shoulder and he said, Brother, none of us are worthy to be doing this. None of us are, but, you know, we're telling the greatest story ever told. And he said a few things that I, Every time I tell this story, it changes what he said after that slightly. But the idea was that it's okay. It's okay. Like you're in good company, you know, wow. we're all on the same level and all we're doing is allowing the spirit to work through us and, you know, and just do what we have to do. So I kind of, it was a really good reminder to me. And also that, that the enemy will use every opportunity he can to try to get in your psyche, get in there and drive a wedge between you yeah. and God. And awareness is the key, you know, having that awareness, counting on the fact that the enemy is always going to be trying to, to, to cause divide between you and your relationship to Christ, you and your relationship to God. And however that manifests itself, in your life, whether it's like, you know, you're helping somebody on a weekly basis and all of a sudden wow. you're, 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 you're uh, volunteering in a soup kitchen, right? And then all of a sudden one week, uh, something happens and then, uh, you're like, ah, but I did it the last four weeks. I don't need to go this week, but you know, <clears throat> but you should, if you can do it, you should be there. And, and so the enemy will manifest himself in very many ways to kind of, you know, mess with you and not allow you to live your fully, yeah the divinity that it, that is within us you know so divinity. good you know one of the main attributes i think of jesus i i was an atheist i showed you i was an atheist 13 years ago got radically encountered by god and one of the biggest attributes of 
of Jesus and I've always admired was his meekness and humility. And I can see now hearing you why that was depicted on our screen, even before I met you here, was your heart was so positioned in this place of, oh, I don't even know if I'm worthy of this. And it just makes sense why millions of people have been captivated by the, it wasn't just the role you play. I really think it was the, the posture that your heart was in. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. And I know you mentioned earlier how you had this moment when you're in with the cross. What, what is your like salvation story? When did you like come to say, man, Jesus, I want to make you like my Lord and Savior. Were you born in church? Did that, was that something that came naturally for you? Was there a moment for you that you remember? Yeah, that's an awesome question, man. My, mine is, um, it's, it's not completely typical, um, but it's fairly consistent. So um, uh, I'm, uh, I was baptized Greek Orthodox. Okay. Uh, part of my family's from the Middle East. The other part is from Europe. My mother's from Ireland. Awesome. Um, my father is from Egypt. And um, growing up uh, in Egypt, uh, if, if, you, if you weren't um, Muslim, you, you went to Catholic school. that's just what you did whether or not you were catholic um so you had that education because you knew that you would get the religious education to go with it and um orthodoxy and catholicism weren't that very different they recognize each other's baptisms for instance um and so there's a lot that's so similar with the churches um and in fact you know it was just one church for a thousand years before the eastern orthodox church went one way and then the roman church went the other way and then another 500 years after that, we had the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation. So um, we were, I was baptized Orthodox. And when we moved out of New York City, uh, we went to the suburbs. And there, weren't, there wasn't really a, an Orthodox community there um, that we could find that was, you know, available. Uh, and um, we just got the sense that, you know, my father was so comfortable with Catholicism. We found a great church where we loved the, the, the priests down the road from us and yeah. started going to Catholic. And it was familiar to him and it was my mother's uh, religion as well. And for us, we're like, yeah, it feels the same, you know? And so um, I made my sacraments, my first communion, my confirmation. And I was, you know, Catholic um, and, and a Christian and um you know, doing my thing. And then later on, I would occasionally, I, I'm also a, a musician, so I would play sometimes in the, the worship band in certain churches. And, and what do you then, play? Uh, I'm a drummer myself. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, it wasn't until, I'd say, in the early 2000s that I started to go a little deeper. Um, and, and I had a, a, a bit of a, a miraculous encounter with... Uh, a little i'm gonna grab it with it with a i'm gonna yeah please please i love telling stories so um behind me is an image that is uh part of a, a devotion of a series of prayers called divine mercy and the whole concept is that um, and these prayers were, were revealed to uh, a Polish nun in, in like the 1930s. She had a private revelation, um, just like the book of Revelation was revealed to John in, in, uh, you know, in visions. Um, this Polish nun had these revelations of Christ, and basically she kept a diary of everything he ever said to her. And wow. one of the things he asked her to do 
was to have an image made that had the words, Jesus, I trust in you underneath. So Jesus, wow. I trust in you. And the whole concept was that all of humanity, all of humanity is deserving of God's mercy wow. and is able to access God's mercy. No matter what a person's done in their life, no matter who they've been, what they did, who they were before, if you can get to a place of pure, sincere contrition, of, of sincerity, of, of the sins that you've committed in an attempt to, to, to do better, um, you can receive God's mercy. And there's, wow. these prayers kind of offer, and I do every day at three o'clock on my, on my um, Instagram page right now, for the next 40 days, I'm, I'm doing these prayers. If anybody wants to follow. And awesome. Them, yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> anybody. You don't have to be any denomination. It's, it's, for, it's for all of I've seen you do one today. Oh, okay. Yeah, you had it there, and then you had your, uh, your video in the corner. I loved it, man. Yeah, yeah, and I'll try to, now with Instagram, you can put up, like, the prayers so people can follow along. That's awesome. And, and all, it, all it does is, is focus our thoughts on Christ's sacrifice and his mercy. And so in 2003, I was having a bit of a tough time. And so I just heard about this devotion, this divine mercy through my father. And, um, but I, I just didn't know much about it. And there, um, you know, I, there was a, a portrait that went, you know, like this, this is the original image that well, was painted by this Polish painter. There have been different versions of this image over time. The image that I'd seen back at the time that I started to get interested in this wasn't kind of my favorite portrait. I'm, I'm also an artist. So I'm a bit snobbish when it comes to like portraits. <laughs> like I like certain portraits and certain artists, their work versus other artists. So, yeah. uh, and, and I was, a lot of my cousins, my Orthodox cousins were, were starting to get married. And so I was going to a lot of Orthodox uh, ceremonies and I, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if I could find this image the divine mercy image but in the style of an orthodox icon like i think i'd really i'd enjoy just you know praying yeah. with the prayer more or whatever i was <laughs> three days later this showed up outside my apartment wow this is an orthodox icon of the divine mercy that's crazy three days later so i thought okay i i, I should probably i should probably take this pretty seriously because I literally I did not know that this even existed. I did not wow. know that even existed, and it showed up. So that told me that God's listening, and that um, there's something more there. Ten years later, I'm here in L.A. That same friend who sent me the audition for Dallas Jenkinson's short film that I did, The Two Thieves, sends me another audition. This guy's like my guardian angel for Jesus audition for parents. And, uh, and it was for a show, a one-woman show that had media elements where they would film scenes. So you'd have a woman playing on stage and then a screen and then set pieces. And then she would interact with characters on screens, pre-recorded. But you'd have like a full cast, but she's the only one physically on stage and everything else is timed out perfectly. And it was... The show was about St. Faustina and the story of Divine Mercy. Wow. Came to be. So I told the director of that show this story, and he's like, yeah, well, clearly you're the guy. 
And then it was a year later that I did the short film with Dallas. And so wild. Um, probably just before I did The Chosen, I got to a point where, um, and sorry, this is very long-winded, but I'm- No, it's okay. A history and content. So I had all these like Jesus projects and my faith, my faith I'd say was pretty strong. But it wasn't until I encountered um, some serious financial issues, serious uh, career obstacles that I, I was brought to my knees because I was trying to do everything right. I was doing everything right. I was doing everything on the checklist. I was juggling seven different jobs. I was trying to audition whenever I could. Um, I was trying to go after auditions that other people didn't know about, but I knew somebody who knew somebody. So I was like, wow. I was on it. You know, I was on my game and nothing was happening. I started applying for other jobs just to make ends meet. And it's like the more jobs I worked, the less money I was making. I'm like, how does this work? I'm like, what? You know, like, I'm like, um, and so it got to a point where it was like, it was so rough. I was in such a bind where I was. I was broken down and and um, then six months prior, I had just gotten out of a relationship, which was pretty rough for me. And uh, and I literally my prayer had always been since I got here. It's like, God, if like if I'm this is what I'm supposed to do, let me know. And if it's not, show me something else. Yeah. Something else. Just put that in my heart. And I never heard anything. And so I got to the point now where like I had like a month of bills like heavy heavy bills and debt that were coming uh due in like the next week over the next month and i had like 35 bucks to my name wow and i was literally just broken and i said god i've been doing everything i've tried it i've tried everything i've been doing everything i'm supposed to do i'm, I'm trying to you know work all these other jobs and it's not working and like you I don't feel like you're listening and if if I'm I've asked for years if this is where I'm supposed to be you know make this happen make this work and if not show me something else and I get nothing so at this point all I can do is just push all my problems all the stuff that I got that I'm dealing with right now I'm going to give it to you I'm going to give wow. it to you because I I surrender I can't do this anymore on my own I've tried I've been doing it for years and nothing, nothing's taken off. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you now. I surrender. Wow. That afternoon, I got three checks in the mail. One of them was from a, a job I hadn't done in years. It was like residuals on a job. Oh, wow. they, they didn't pay me for five years. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, we have to pay him. And then they sent it all at once. It wow. All my bills that I was stressing over. It covered everything that I was, uh, that I literally was like, I need a sign. God's like, oh, you surrender? You, you want me to step in now? You, you, wow. you done, you done doing this on your own? Okay. Let me clear that out of the way for you. Wow. And when I realized what had happened that afternoon, I was like, so, so this is how it's going to be, huh? <laughs> Complete and utter surrender, huh? So powerful. All right. And my life, my life changed from that, that very day. That was two years ago this May. That that's happened. powerful, man. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 
you know and since then it's been um it's been growing my especially in the last even the last two months man it's like i was just telling my friend yesterday i'm like i'm in a place spiritually now that like wow. i've never been in before where it it was I, I had 40 days ago, I did this Facebook pray, praying and then two days ago, I just started Instagram and getting on Facebook to pray was scary, but I felt it on, you know, it was placed on my heart and God's just like, you need to offer some prayer that people can connect, you know, to you and, and connect to my mercy and my love and my compassion, know that it's wow. going to be okay. And I'm like, ah, Facebook, that's like Facebook. I'm like putting it out. I'm putting my faith out there. Yeah. And he's like, just, just do it. I'm like, okay, okay. I wow. stopped playing. And then I had a week. And then I thought I was going to do it again on Instagram starting yesterday. And I was, I had even more resistance and fear. I'm like, I really do. I should I really do? Is this really what I should be doing? Like, it's so public, man. You know, and as, as an actor, you're like, nobody, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> And then I realized I'm like, oh, well, that's that's that that's that boy is trying to get it yeah. again. That's not from God. It's not from me. It's that's from wow. It's, that's not what. It's not why I'm on this earth. And through some prayer and some friends praying for me and just some, you know, some kind of surrendering again and turning back to God. It's just like, all right. Well, I'm in it for the long haul and. My destiny is not at the mercy of men anyway. It's at the mercy of God. Yeah. Why I'm here. I'm not here to please men. I'm here to please God and serve God in any way that I can. And so we're on day two as of today. Tomorrow will be day three. That's so good. You know, I, hearing this, I, I just, what I love about your story is you embody faith and works. Mm. I, I, meet, I sometimes meet people on both spectrums really heavy. You got these guys are like, God's going to do it for me. They're just sitting home waiting. Mm. You know, I feel like the, the three checks that came in, they came in by faith, but you were working these jobs. And obviously, like you were still believing in that you're pursuing this career that I meet people on the work side where they're like, I'm just going to work. I'm going to do it on my own. Yeah. I feel like you really embody both, man. And thank you for sharing that. And uh, I, I had another question just came to my mind, like, has there ever been a moment that you've wanted to quit your faith or you're just like, God, like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like it, like this living for you. I don't know. I know, I know Billy Graham, you, you probably heard of Billy Graham. There was that oh, moment in right before the, uh, the Coliseum, I think it was where he was questioning if God was even real. And then he goes under that tree and there's that thing stories on his website. I mean, this is Billy Graham, you know, one of the greatest evangelists of our generation, yeah. Was there ever a moment where you're like, God, like, are you there? Or God, I don't know if I could continue. Was there ever, I don't know, was there ever a moment for you like that? I, I, I love that you brought that up uh, and that, and especially citing like Billy Graham, who I, I love and, and every evangelist of some sort, whether it's Billy Graham or even the saints like St. Mother Teresa, who were helped yeah. Calcutta, St. Yeah. Faustina, all of them went through what they call virtually all of them went through what they call a dark night of the soul when mm. they can't hear God's voice. Wow. Like, am I talking to myself? Wow. I've had thoughts come into my head. Like what if this is all wrong? <laughs> yeah. 
what if this, what if we got it wrong? But I know, and it's, it's okay to have thoughts. It's okay. Yeah. Cause we're human. Yeah. And we have doubts and God knows that God knows our doubts. Yeah. He, come on. He knew Peter was going to, was going to betray him. He knew Judas was going to sell him out. He knows yeah. he counts on it so that <laughs> he gives us the opportunity for redemption. Okay. From the fall of Adam. He's, he he knows what's going to happen. The, the the Messiah was 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 before time began. The Messiah was slated to come into our consciousness and into our lives. He knows that we're going to have that, and it's what we do with that doubt. Are we going to hold on to it? Or are we going to let it foment and then all of a sudden infect us like a disease, or are we going to say, you know what? No. Faith over fear. Yeah. Faith wins over fear any day of the week. So I've struggled. I've, I've, yeah. had and um, I've never lost my faith. I've been angry at God. Sure. I'm like, why did that happen? Yeah. Why did I lose that person in my life? Wow. Like, why would I go through a relationship with somebody that clearly was not the right person for me? Uh, and, and, you know, waste all that time waste the time well no it wasn't a waste of time i was meant to know that okay well when it comes to relationships this is now what i truly need this is what god wants for me and i just needed to go through and stumble along and figure it out for myself because we're given free will right brian we're not automatons robots we're given free will we're given the opportunity to choose god he wants us to choose him and so we have trials that show us that here's an opportunity to either go to God or run from God. And while I might have been sulking at times with God and, and maybe upset, um, ultimately, I would place my problems before him and offer them to him. And any, wow. now, any, any opportunity for suffering is an opportunity to, to partake in Christ's suffering. Wow. We didn't go through what he went through, you know, he, and, and thank God. Thankfully, we don't have to because he already did it for us. So when we do go through trials of our own, wow. tribulations of our own, it's an opportunity to, to get even closer to God by, by understanding that, well, now he knows what it's like to be one of us, right? He came down to live as a human among us. He's experienced everything that we experienced. Adolescence, puberty, anger, fear pain humor yeah. love he's been through it all except sin that's what we believe as christians right yeah so there's nothing that we're going through that he hasn't felt as a human on this wow time. that's so good you know i i think we forget that in my opinion the greatest other than jesus the greatest preacher you look at peter the book of acts mm. you know what i mean this man yeah. and i love his opening sermon in acts too mm. because he's like hey everybody let us not forget what Judas has done. You know, he kind of just <laughs> bypasses his own doubt. But you got the man who doubted publicly yeah. and written down forever in history. I mean, he denied Jesus three times, yet uh, his denial became the greatest fuel to, the, to preaching the gospel. And I, when, I, when I hear you say that, I feel like it gives so much people hope. You know, I, I, even in my own life, like people they, they, who've had these thoughts, they, they condemn themselves. And thoughts in itself is not sin. It's when we act on those things. And that's right. I think what you're saying is true. I mean, I've had 
tons of moments. You know, I've been I've been preaching in schools for so many years. I've heard everything. Yeah. You know, every every you know, one kid watches one National Geographic's on YouTube and thinks he's a genius. You know, wow. he's coming back with an argument. So I love the I love man what you're sharing. Thank you, man. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, God is is great all the time, man, and it gives us so many opportunities to you know to try to get it right and 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 we'll never get it right we'll never be perfect but that's not the point the point is to you know try to see how much better we can get and and be of service to others and and you know show christ's love now as we are his hands and we are his feet and we are his mouth and eyes and ears and nose for the rest of the world and, and you know trying to meet him and everyone we meet like who is christ and brian what do i see uh, at, how do i see christ in brian barcelona how do i see christ in, in dallas jenkins how do i see christ in the homeless guy that i just passed on the street yeah. the homeless guy that i gave something to or the people that are like looking at me funny because i'm wearing a jesus t-shirt or something like that you know like how do i find christ in all those people that i don't expect to find him or i'm not used to thinking of them because as a culture it's 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 not in our culture at this point anymore you know um yeah. which is which is a tough thing and especially for kids you know you know like teenagers and stuff like uh, i i i was i was very lucky growing up um because you know there was you could at least we would say the pledge of allegiance and under god and like there, there was god was yeah. built in yeah. the system you know what i mean so you never felt like you were completely removed from it but now it's like it's a whole other world and it's i feel like when you're taking god out of the culture well you're, you're creating a hole for other stuff to fill it in with you know and wow and what are those things that people are filling it in with well you know uh, material things narcissism you know egotism um you know all the things that that are not of god so um god bless you for your ministry man and what you're doing here to be a, a an inspiration to all these kids man and, and because they need you you know we all need you man so keep doing what you're doing man what a blessing thank you man you know when you it's it's crazy because when i watch when i watch the chosen and i see jesus in his simplicity that is how we've tried to communicate him in schools mm. um you know i when i go to these neighborhoods in south central and compton and east l.a um the, the, one of the most profound stories i remember was there was this kid he was um he was a homosexual and he was also his parents were jehovah witness Mm. And every week he would come to our Jesus club and, uh, you know, he would come in and he'd get the, you know, he'd, he'd enjoy the message and he'd leave. And I remember the one moment that really impacted him wasn't when I was there preaching just the Bible. I mean, I believe all that would, you know, tilled up the soil of his heart. That's but right. I remember one Christmas I was walking around, we're giving away gift cards and I had a $5 gift card to Starbucks. And I was like, Hey, yo, bro, get over here, man. I said, I just want to give you this gift card, man. And he just starts weeping because it was the first time he had ever received a gift in his life. Yeah. And I, you know, cause his parents were Jehovah witness and I don't think that's a part of their, their religion. And when I look at the simplicity of what, G, what your, the chosen has done is I feel like it's made a lifestyle of Jesus livable and obtainable for everyone yeah. where, you know, I, I, I come a little bit more from a charismatic stream where the more you bake and shake, the more holier you are. When I, when I get into a public school, I mean, you start doing that stuff. He's never going to, everyone's going to run from you. <laughs> be like, and I've, I've learned like the simplicity. I mean, what would you say? Like, I know we got, we got, we're going to uh, come to an end soon, but what would you yeah. say? Like, 
is the most simplest way people can live out Jesus um, in their everyday lives that where they don't have to, you know, like, it's, it's something that kind of just flows out of them. What would you say, like, are some, some tips or advice you'd give them to live out like a simple gospel? Love other people. Come on. You know, that dude that said that thing about you, that girl that like wrote that thing about you on Instagram or whatever, let it go. Wow. Forgive. 70 times seven, Jesus said, right? How many times am I supposed to forgive? Like seven, seven times, 70 times. Some, some accounts, 700 times seven. Wow. Forgive and let it go and just love, love people because they may not appreciate it. But they, but they may not realize where that's coming from in you. And they may not initially appreciate it. But eventually, God is going to do a work in them through you by you picking up Jesus's mantle and, and doing what he did for the rest wow. of us and what God does for us every day. And he's going to do something in their life. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it's it's... Yeah, that's uh, that's the love and forgive. When you said that, I felt like I had a moment, like, just man, that's so simple. Yeah, and and people they forget <laughs> they complicate it, man. Yeah, they're like, but 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 no no, just love and forgive. You know, doesn't mean you you know what is it? Uh, is uh, wise as serpent and simple as doves. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it doesn't mean you you lay yourself out as a carpet to be trampled on. Right. Yeah. You got to be. I mean, I think if we're going to share our faith and, and live our faith out, we've got to be um, I like to say, you know, you got to share your faith with boldness, humility and love. But, you know. At the, at the base of it, it's going to be love and compassion, love and forgiveness. And, you know, not everybody's going to respond to um you know a message uh, a specific message you might want to give them as as a, a member of the faith but everybody can understand love and everybody can understand compassion and forgiveness and so humility, good humility is a big one like so many people walk around with a chip on their shoulder like everybody thinks that they know the truth the ultimate truth they've got god's truth like especially you've seen that like there's this there's only this and they've got all these caveats that like this is the way but you know god is the only way jesus is the only way and all we can do is share ourselves and and, and follow his example by loving people and, and yeah forgiving yeah those who are you know the other day <clears throat> i've only been i've only been sharing this story because it's it's been profound and and the other day i was sitting out on my porch and this guy comes because, you know, we live in Los Angeles, and so 50% of jobs are gone. Yeah. And uh, this guy just comes, and he starts digging in my trash. Mm. And I'm like, hey, man, what, what, what are you doing? And he goes, man, I, I've been out of work for three weeks. He goes, I got kids, and, and my heart instantly is moved. And I, I, I go inside, and I had a little bit of cash on the side, you know, stored up for just stuff I want to buy. And I go, and I, I grab this money, and I go, and I, I give it to this guy. And, you know, I, I said, hey, stop digging in my trash here. Go, like, go feed your family. 
And I, I just felt like, and when I came in that day, my garage door broke too. And I'm like, man, I got to fix it. I told my wife, should I have given them that money? I could have used it. My wife's, my wife's always like, she's always like, like, I always, I joke around and I'm like, you are Mother Teresa. Like to me, you know, like, she's like, no, it's, it's good. Like God's going to, but I feel like in, in these moments where supplies are running short, where people are afraid, I mean, this is the moment. If we can't preach, that's like Jesus has set the stage. And I feel like he's removed every platform and pulpit that used to exist, but he's given us all phones. He's given us these ability to share the yes. gospel I, like this. You know what I mean? This, this is the modern day pulpit. And my porch is the modern day pulpit. Right. And I, I'm just encouraged, man, because I feel like if people would grasp this. I feel like the Lord told me, you know, I was traveling all these different nations preaching. And I felt like the Lord said, I've stopped you from going to the nations. Now love your neighbor. Mm, and I can't tell you how many burgers I've passed over the fence to my, my neighbor, literally my next door neighbor. Wow. Wow. And so hearing you say that, man, is just so, it's so encouraging, man. And, and also like, and I mentioned to you this on our call earlier, like this, this opportunity that we have now, this global situation that we find ourselves in, uh, God's given us the opportunity to, to live out the gospel in an active way, not a passive way but in an active way. And, and that phrase always comes to mind um, in all ways, preach the gospel and when necessary yeah. words. Yeah. So the fact that you're living that right now, we've got the opportunity to, to change the world, you know, think globally, act locally, like who needs help around you, you know, like, and so good. I'm finding them like, a, you know, there's still opportunities to volunteer and to, and to, you know, get involved yeah. in church day. Everybody's got a program. Like people are feeding people net more than they ever have now. And if people are healthy and there's an opportunity to give back, you know, I, I, that's something that I've been looking to, to do more of as well. And I've been yeah. trying to get there. So yeah, man. So good. Well, Jonathan, would you, would you just pray for us, man? Um, thank you. First of all, for your time, we honor you. My family honors you, man. We're going to pray for you. I pray one day we get to have a meal together. Um, my, my wife cooks some incredible Hispanic food, if you like Hispanic food. I love me some. Um, but, man, I, we're so honored, man. Our community, One Voice, is honored uh, from here. If you guys are here, would you just maybe throw your flag up or wherever you're watching from? We'd love to know. Uh, DM us testimonies of what you got from this. We will be also putting this on YouTube. Uh, and I'll shoot it over to you, man. You can share it if you, if you feel yeah. led to. But man, I just would you just pray us out um, as we're finishing our time together? Absolutely. Father in heaven, we thank you for all the great blessings that you have shown upon us. I thank you for Brian and his ministry and One Voice Student Missions for their ministry in reaching uh, young people all over the country. Uh, continue to guide him, to guard him and perfect him in every way possible. Um, he has such a, a great heart for the Lord. Bless his family, bless his wife, um, bless the, the impending uh, uh, expansion of their family, Lord. Show us, um, show us your face, Father, in everyone yeah. who we meet. Give us the opportunity to live out the gospel, not just to preach it, but to live it out every day of our lives. Jonathan, thank you so much, man.